At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Like double dog dare ya! Was that wrong? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. How the hell is that Mike Florio's job? So what, no f***ing you know? All right, here we are in Miami, still at Radio Row, and we are with... Leo's been a lot of talk about TV12 over the past few years. Anytime somebody says TV12, I'm like, wait a minute, I <laughs> no, know... No, 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 There's I'm only the original. one... This the is original. the original TV12. There, there is go. only one TV12 I know of, and it is the great Terry Bradshaw. I grew up 60 miles from Pittsburgh in the 70s, yeah. and you were the first guy that I ever identified with as a quarterback when I discovered the sport. 1972, December 20, we got a house full of people because the games were blacked out then. We were within the buffer zone, but for some reason, my house was the only one in the neighborhood that had the antenna that picked up a station on the other side of the blackout. Because remember, they used to to black out even if it was sold out. So we had 50 people in the house, and the Immaculate Reception, I'm seven years old playing with Hot Wheels. That house exploded. Exploded. And, you know, because the stuff that grown-ups did, that was grown-up stuff. I don't care about that. When that happens, like, Hey, this 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 is something the grown-ups do that must be pretty good for them to act like they're five years old. So uh, that you're the original TB12, the original quarterback, the first quarterback I ever became aware of, and it's always great to talk to you. How you been, man? Been great, been great. You know what I found out today? I saw Franco over there earlier. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. Franco uh, said uh, he Franco's big on trivia, so he said, uh, "Who was the tight Who was the tight end Terry threw his first touchdown pass to in a Super Bowl?" And nobody could get the answer. It was Larry Brown. Well, Larry Brown the following year was our tackle for the rest of my career. He was right tackle. Never played tight end again. So then we were talking about the immaculate reception. Did Franco catch it? You know, all the stuff. And then Franco stopped and he said, hey, that was your first touchdown pass in a playoff game. And I went, oh, my God, you're right. So Franco Franco and his trivia, you know, I don't think like that. But, yeah, that's nice. That's nice to know. It's well, a good and, way to start. And I can tell you the ball did not touch the ground because the statue is at the Pittsburgh airport. I see it twice a week during <laughs> football season, and the ball is not touching the ground. That's all the proof oh we my need. God. I'll tell you, I, tell, I actually, for the first time three weeks ago now, three weeks ago, saw I saw a film from the end zone, and it looks like the ball is about that high off the ground. Because he's, you know, he's claims no whatever and did he catch it, did he? Because back then they had 12 cameras during the game for the Super Bowl Sunday. There will be 88 cameras and God knows how many tape machines. So if today we'd have known whether he caught it or not for sure. Back in that moment, I mean, I, I remember and, and have seen the coverage of it after the fact. There was just kind of a sense of confusion about what the hell just happened. Right. From your perspective, was it just like let's just get the hell out of here before they change their mind? Well, I didn't know they were. I didn't know they were. Uh, even thinking about changing their mind. Um, I didn't know about the ref going to the phone at the end of the stadium and calling in the press box and, and, the, and the officials. I, you know, I, don't, I, I didn't know all about that. Uh, I didn't know he'd caught it because I'd gotten sacked on the play and just hold, heard the roar of the crowd. Now, the roar of the crowd told me it was a touchdown. So I'm thinking, well, there was a black jersey coming across the field. I gunned it to the black jersey. Must have been a perfect pass, right? Caught him, hit him in stride, and whoever it was went down and scored. I didn't know it went boing, boing. 
and away he went. So I didn't know about all the problems till later about whether or not it was caught. Because the rule was, as you know, Frenchie Fuqua, who was hit by Jack Tatum, Frenchie could not be the last person to touch the ball before another Steeler touches it. There had to be a Raider in between. And uh, that was the question that did Tatum touch it last? Did Frenchie touch it last? If, he, if Frenchie touched it last, then Franco's catch is incomplete. What a dumb rule that was. I remember they got rid of it somewhere in the mid-70s, but it was just a stupid rule. If it touches an offensive player first, another offensive player can't Well, now if it's a fumble it. and the guy that fumbled the ball, he's the only one that can cover it. Well, that's it, the Raiders' fault. Yeah. That's, yeah, from yeah, uh, the late 70s. Some... I got so many memories uh, running back to me, and I, I vaguely recall this, and you may remember it and you may not. I grew up in Wheeling at yeah. the, the, the WWVA, the Jamboree, Capital Music Hall. Man, I remember I, you came hey, and played hey, there. I did. I played the Jamboree, uh, uh, the Statler Brothers, where they went on, and then Don Williams went on, and then I went on. So you're and, the headliner. And then I went downstairs and played in the club downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I, rem I remember, because it's like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Terry Bradshaw is not a singer. He's not a, he's not a country exactly. music. But you became one. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere along the way I did. Um, you were on hand for a pretty awesome moment a few weeks ago when – when David Baker showed up. I mean, I always say when David Baker shows up, you're either getting in the Hall of Fame or you're getting whacked, one wow. of the two. He's a big but man. He, he showed up and Jimmy got in. What, 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 what was it like in that moment? Oh, I tell you what was funny. What was – we did not realize how – Jimmy never talks about honors, never talks about himself. And we had no idea how important getting to the Hall of Fame at this stage of his life – now, five, six years ago, we talked about it. He, I don't care about it. You know, it, he just never thought he'd get in. So we were watching Saturday on CBS. And David Baker went on during the pregame show and presented Bill Cower. You're in, going into the Hall of Fame. And we were all just like, holy cow. I never heard him do anything like that. You know, like, is that how they do it? Is that what they're doing? And so we weren't thinking about it the next day, but Jimmy was. And so we did the pregame show, nothing happened. But Jimmy thought, and then we found out later, well, if I don't get him like Cower, you know, they'll do it on the pregame show. But he didn't, so he thought it was over with. So when we were doing the highlights, we never do highlights from the field. Never from that little playing field. So we have, and Kurt goes, well, we got one more guest today. And so none of us knew. And then walks David Baker. And when he walked in, I went, oh, my God, is this not great? And Jimmy just lost it. Oh, he definitely lost, lost I mean, it. People thought, like, he was, he was going to keel over. Yeah. Well, he's got his asthma thing in his pants, and I thought – you got it. Take a hit. Take a hit. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing you say that. That was something else to see Jimmy do, and he deserved it. Uh, you know, he does. It's, it's hard with his process. There's so many guys, so many worthy candidates. It's hard to get everybody in who deserves to be in. Donnie Shell from your Steelers team has gotten yes. in, and I, Tony Dungy was always big. He's the one guy who should have gotten in. Is the is the circle complete now, or is there someone else out there who hasn't gotten in from there your teams of the There's some arguments 70s? for Andy Russell, our great right outside linebacker, but there's also there's so many Steelers in off that team now that I. You can understand people not wanting any more Steelers, but Donnie, for sure, so proud for Donnie, um, so proud for Bill Cower. I mean, those are, the, that's, those are great people with great teams, and I'm so proud for Jimmy because he got no help from Dallas. 
There's no one from Dallas that was presenting the case for, Jerry, for Jimmy Brown. That was John Zarnecki and Bill Belichick who flew in from New England mm -hmm. and went before the court and pled his case. And those two were responsible, I think, for getting Jimmy in. And so he'll be forever indebted. And I'm, I found out last night at our, at our dinner that Jimmy stood up and Troy's going to do the, the uh, video presentation. Oh, wow. And I get to put the, he wants me to put the jacket on him. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. That is awesome. So that Good is gonna breaking be a little news here. So yeah, on PS5. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Bill Cowher, Hall of Fame, right. Chuck Knoll, Hall of Fame. Right. You've had some criticism of Mike Tomlin. I have. Did he do anything this year after all those injuries with Ben Roethlisberger and everything else? Did he change your mind at all with what he did with the yeah, team? I said, you know what I said? I told, I said on Fox that this is his finest coaching job. Finest coaching job. I, I have a, I have a, I have a fixed picture of a head coach that I want to play for. And sometimes he didn't quite fit that picture. But this year, I think he did. It was his finest job as a head coach. Did just amazing job. You can't lose all those people and your quarterback and, and be as competitive as they were right down to the end. Well, hey, Terry, I could talk to you all day, but I know you got other things to do. Before you go, though, Ford Hall of Fans, tell so us what's going fun. on So much fun. The there. Ford Hall of Fan it was an idea that came up by Ford Motor Company along with uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. And what they did was you hear the, the, you hear the ownership talk about all the great fans that are fine NFL football fans. And so they decided to have a contest in all 32 NFL cities this second year doing this in which you can vote for who you think's the, the biggest Bronco fan ever. And uh, you can vote every day. Uh, and whoever gets the most votes, they're the best one. And then they get them all together and you present them and the people look at them and say, well, here's the six finalists. And then the six finalists are narrowed down to three finalists. And then Saturday morning, they're being flown here, the three finalists. And uh, one of them, by the way, is a, is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And, and um, they'll be flown here and David Baker will knock on one, two, or three doors. Oh, wow. And say, congratulations, you're the inducted into the Ford Hall of Fame. And there's a deal at the NFL Hall of Fame. We did it last year. You get a ring, the most beautiful ring you've ever seen. You get a jacket, and you're permanently enshrined. That's a good deal. It's a, That's oh, good. it's awesome. That's so thank, part of that. thanks to, the, to Ford, and of course, thank you uh, to David Baker. And, and we'll see you on, uh, on Sunday for I'll the 10-hour pregame show. I'll be there. I've been doing much. Show. I'll just be sitting there. I, I, what is it? It's four hours, five hours, four, something like that. Four. It's four. Yeah. That's enough. Uh, it's, I, think the, I think there's NFL Network's doing, what, eight hours? Yeah. And, yeah, Ford's in. Ford. We're putting our time during the week, Monday yeah. to Friday. We're taking Sunday off. Good for you. Uh, I know you probably make a pick during the pregame show, and you're probably going to keep it under wraps until then, but did you have a lean? My wife is... Uh, from uh, Missouri, and she was a huge Chiefs fan, okay? I grew up in an era of great defense, run the football, and I believe that's winning formula. So I yeah. stay with defense, yeah. and I go, I'm picking against my wife. How stupid am I? But I am. Yeah, I'm, all right, going, well, I'm going with the 49ers. Great scene, as always. Congratulations on I your career it, and all your success. And uh, wrong hand. You got me Thank so you. flustered, I used the wrong oh, hand no, to no, shake your okay. hand. That's all right. The great Terry Bradshaw, the original TB12. Sorry, I didn't Ladies and gentlemen. Up. Original. The original TB12. We'll be right back. <laughs> it's weird.
to be at the Super Bowl at Radio, Radio <laughs> Row and be able to talk to Patriots players. You guys are usually off limits. You're sequestered. This year you're not sequestered. Something's not right. The world's not right when the Patriots are available. It's Devin and Jason McCourty. I got that right. Devin and Jason McCourty. Yep. Twins. The only way you can tell them apart is the facial hair. That's it. Everything else is the same. <laughs> Joining me here uh, on behalf of Pizza Hut. How's it going, guys? It's been fun, man. Having a lot of fun today. Yeah, and uh, it, it really is weird to not have the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, we're just so used to it. Every year, the Patriots are here. Every year. And I know the one year a few years ago with the Broncos, they weren't. But it's, it's it, what's the biggest difference for you guys this week? Doing stuff like this. Like, uh, talking about it, and it's kind of like, hey, if you guys don't go to the Super Bowl, and it's like that every year. And I'm like, well, we plan to be in the Super Bowl. But now, getting a chance to partner up with Pizza Hut and then to do something that's very twin-esque. Like, Pizza Hut's giving away two tickets to Super Bowl 51. 55. Free, 55, yeah. Free pizza for two years, and you get $22,000 if you have twins after kickoff on this Sunday. So, so the first folks who have twins after kickoff? If they, do, if they do what Jay's about to tell them, they have an opportunity to win all of this like stuff. Like he said, twins after kickoff. You go on Twitter, post a picture of the twins with a date and time, at Pizza Hut on your post. All you have to do is hashtag PH twin to win and hashtag promotion, and you enter a chance to get all of that fun stuff that Dev talked about. So there's going to be a couple somewhere <laughs> that is holding on, right, as long as they can. Oh, nope, the contractions, honey, they're not that far apart. Just hold on a little bit we longer. We talked about it earlier. There's going to be a father like, babe, order, listen. Order the Pizza Hut. Get the official sponsor. Order the Pizza Hut. Get you some meat lovers, some wings, and have it create a good, a good, good aura. aura. Yes. <laughs> and and then as soon as the game starts, it goes from hold on, hold on to push, 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 push. push, push let's go. We need go. to watch the game <laughs> yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Good. Exactly. That's a great promotion. I know Pizza Hut's been a big part of the NFL. And we love Pizza Hut. I love these. I got to get these shirts. We, no. So far, we got about three or four different people. requests that we're going to have to get so, these shirts out. It is awesome. Get you on. It is awesome. And uh, Pizza Hut is awesome, Pete, and it's great to have you guys here. So, um, so uh, let's focus on one of the guys that we've all been trying to figure out how in the world the San Francisco 49ers are going to stop him. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. You guys have seen him. You guys had to deal with him. What's the key to trying to contain a guy like Patrick Mahomes? I think one of the things that when we did have success was getting pressure on him, whether it was with four or we sent five guys, but it was getting pressure to him. I want it pretty much immediately, like yeah. getting someone in his face, making him roll out when he doesn't want to, like creating that type of atmosphere. And he's still gonna make some plays. Like you're never gonna like just handicap him. He's still gonna make some plays. But to me, that is the way that you kind of have some control. Like last year, AC Championship held him to zero points in the first half. This year, the second half held him to three points. The other halves of those games, he was Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. those were the things we did well when that happened. It really is amazing how when he finds the gas pedal, you never know when he's going to do it, but all of a sudden, he's gone. just like they're down 10 points to Tennessee, and boom, it's 21-17 yes. at the half, just, just like, like, that. like that. It happens so fast, just it's like, like you can't stop it. You can't, you can't just sit back and zone because he's too good of a quarterback and he'll be able to pick it apart. But the issue is when you say, hey, we're just going to man these guys up, the next thing you know, it's a 60-yard bomb and Tyreek Hill, McCall Hartman, they're catching these long points. So it's just that you have to find an even medium, like he said, of being able to get pressure and not giving up the big play or being able to keep yourself in the game. And then obviously I think this matchup is so fun because San Francisco can run the ball. So if they're able to run the ball effectively mm -hmm. and keep him off the field, it's huge. Well, and wouldn't that be the Belichick approach to Mahomes in a game like this with all this riding on it, have long possessions offensively, yeah. 
chew up the clock, take the full 40 seconds, have long, long drives, frustrate their offense. They're standing on the sideline yeah. watching. And then when he's on the field, he's going to press a little bit more yeah. and take back off and just force him to be patient yeah. and work but his you way know slowly down the field. I've heard Bill say it before. You can't win a game and play good defense banking on your offense to have good drives. So, like, he always talks about putting a plan together. And, like, I know one of the key things when we played Kansas City was making them, like you just said, not always backing up, but making them drive the, like, have fourth, third down conversions, not just giving up. Like, the times that they've had great success on us, they've had probably five to six plays over 40 to 50 yards. Like it feels like plays. they thrive on that. Yeah. And, and I assume that that takes away some of your heart as well when you give up a big play like yeah. that. It's a pendulum swing. Yeah, definitely. And especially depending upon what situation in the game. You give up a third and short long touchdown like we did last year when we played them the first time in New England. And that's just not the team you want to get in a shootout with. So I think like you just said, when you give up those long plays, even watching the Tennessee game, Tennessee was playing tough, trying to mount a comeback, and the next thing you know, the ball goes over your head. And it's just such, def it's such a deflating play to the defense. What's going to happen for you guys to not be available next year on behalf of Pizza Hut so you'll be at practice today instead what's got to go on well I got to pick a team I got to see how that works <laughs> yeah, out yeah. the agency um but you know you want to stay with the Patriots though for me right right now I have to see how it works out you know like I wouldn't like I don't like not want to be in New England but I think once you're a 10-year vet like it's not the same as when you're younger and you're you know the cornerstone of a team or like a key free like, you got to kind of see what's best for you and your family and, and go from there. Okay, assuming that you you will be with the Patriots, what do the Patriots have to do to get back? Uh, first, I guess they have to pick up my team option for me <laughs> to be back. Um, but I'm not sure. I think that's what Bill does a, such a great job of year in and year out. And obviously this year with uh, Tom Brady being a free agent, that's the biggest question mark that they've had in a long time. So I think that's probably the number one thing that you have to dictate from there. And then uh, like Dev always used to tell me, when you're a good team and you have good players, it's very hard to keep them all under wraps. So guys like Devin McCourty, guys like Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Joe Tooney, like all of those guys are free agents and uh, it makes it tough to keep it going. But I think once all of that passes, free agency to draft, now it's about X's and O's and figuring out, you know what I mean? How are we going to keep this defense playing at a high level? Uh, what else do we need on offense to give Brady or whoever exactly what we need to get to the next level? Those will be the things where obviously you look at, we fell short uh, this year. Key phrase or whoever. I mean, Tom Brady, one of the highest profile free agents in the history of the NFL, if he chooses to change teams. Do you guys have any inclination, any lean, any thought as to what he's going to do? No, no idea. No idea. No idea. And, and I think for him, he probably doesn't have much of an idea. You know, like for us, especially for the, like we just talked about, for three or four years straight, we've just played so much football that we never really get true downtime. So I and think I, guys have spent a lot of time And I with think the for him, like you just said, family. Family is very important. That's kind of why we got involved with Pizza. They were two brothers that started the company together. And I think for Tom right now, that's probably the most important thing for him. Right now, he's probably just with his family. And whatever move he makes next is going to be in the best interest of him and his family. And that very well may be to stay right there in New England. I mean, from the outside, it feels like the time has come for him to move on. I don't know what it feels like, but it's just a feeling, mm -hmm. just the where it's, how it's even gotten to this point. Like it wouldn't get to this point if mm -hmm. he was staying. There'd already be a deal in place to keep him around. The fact that we're six weeks away from free agency, it just makes me feel like he's going to go somewhere else. And that's what's weird. I think 
there's two type of feelings. Like you just said, I think that makes a lot of sense for people. And then there's other people like, well, if you do something for 20 years someplace, why would you ever leave? So you just never know. But like you said, it's up in the air. Tyree Kill's got to be one of the fastest guys in the NFL right now. What, what, what is it like when he is at full speed and you are out there trying to just stay within shouting distance? He is the fastest player I've ever played against. And I don't know if other people are close, but he is by far the fastest to go from zero to top speed, like a crossing route, a bubble screen. Like he catches it, he takes one step, and you're like, like how? Like how did? Yeah, you some guys need that? to take a few steps yes. to get to top and speed. Think, He's instantly and I, there. And I think the difference is you've played against some receivers that straight line are just they're fast. We're just like, but it was just like, hey, he's either running a go or he's running a stop. And I think with Tyreek Hill, he has the agility and his quickness to go side to side and then get vertical extremely fast. So I think the combination of that, and then you've just seen how much he's developed as a receiver since he's been in the league. That makes him, when you can run fast, you're tough to cover. It's that simple. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you and a great partnership with Pizza Hut, great promotion. Give everybody again what they need to do to be eligible for the, the uh, Super Bowl 55 tickets and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, you have a chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 55, two years of free pizza, and $22,000 to your future twins college fund. Yeah, post a picture on Twitter after the kids are born, date and time, uh, PH twin to win, hashtag that, hashtag promotion, at Pizza Hut. And then also, if you're not having twins, but you're, <laughs> you're looking for something, follow Pizza Hut on Super Bowl Sunday, and they're going to have different prompts and stuff going on. And all you have to do is uh, hashtag Hut Hut Sweeps and hashtag promotion, oh. and there'll be other cool things. That's, he that's, may end up at the draft. He's doing excited. a lot Sunday. I'm excited to see who gets the, the, the prize and who pops out the twins yeah. right after kickoff. He'll be the real MVP. Devin and Jason McCourty, thanks to you guys. We'll be back with plenty more PFT Live from Miami. If Kirk Cousins wins Super Bowl MVP, I will get a Kirk Cousins tattoo on my arm. Guaranteed. I can hear I, the production room yelling through the walls right now. Cousins feeling Jasper. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Dear God. Dear God. If you've ever listened to me ever in your life. Please let the Vikings well, win the Super Bowl. First of all, wait, let's just rag on Florio or this whole He's segment, been okay? This from the moment that they said I'm going to be joining us, he will not let me hear the end. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get him all fired up. He's going to beat you up before he leaves. Kirk, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to see you guys. Thank you for being such a stand-up citizen <laughs> and guy for coming here and dealing with this That's guy. That's all good. And it was an awesome move by you to throw the crack cancer thing onto him this, this last summer. Yeah, I summer. just wanted to see. Yeah, yeah and it he worked. And I took it. like 20 eggs. I, took, I They destroyed me. Did you see? So ever see the video? Idea. You did? It was outstanding. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I mean, it is disgusting. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> But then oh. he kept going. Then he got to do it, too. Uh. And, and it was just like one or two, and I think you were sick for a week I afterwards. I was sick for a week. Oh and then my, my goodness. dogs licked it up off the ground, and they, like, started throwing up later that yeah. day, too. It ended uh, it up a being a disaster. <laughs> I love it. But, but Kirk, <laughs> it is great to talk to you. Look, we, we, we're candid in our views. Sure. Amen. And when, when you play well, we're the first ones to say so. And there were times where, more, far more often than not this year, it was great. I mean, yeah. it, you had a great, great season, and we congratulate you on that. It was a special year. Yeah, I was happy to uh, you know get 10 wins, get in the playoffs, uh, win a playoff game. Uh, there's a lot to be encouraged about. Certainly, when you're not playing this weekend, you're disappointed. Uh, most teams are. Uh, but looking back, you feel like you know there's a lot to be encouraged about now as we look to 2020 and uh, 
Um, you know, got, got a lot of good players on that team. Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, I, I, the first thing I got to ask you, you know, because I, you know, I got to talk sense into them every now and then. But <laughs> what was the turning point to you this year? Because everybody, I think, looks at it, me especially, like Thielen kind of yeah. calling you out to yeah. a degree, right? Which I still don't like that he did that to you. All right. But either way, is that the turning point? Well, people like to look at that. You know, for me, I really played the same way all the way through. I just felt like things started to turn a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I felt like we were running the ball well. We had a good football team. It was just a matter of time. We were yeah. two and two. And um, and then, you know, next, I think we went eight and two over the next 10 games. And that, that certainly made a huge difference in the tenor of the season. But as far as just the way I approached it, the way I played, I never really adjusted or changed anything. I just think that... Uh, we were able to find some continuity as an offense, and it was another year of a new system. Yeah, right. Once we kind of hit our stride, we were able to kind of take off and not look back. We talked to Stefan about this yesterday, Kirk. The throw that you made to Adam Thielen, the 43-yarder in overtime, best throw of your life, arguably, close to it, under the circumstances sure. what, with what was riding on it. And then the next play, the snap down at your yeah. hip. Yeah. You got to grab it. You got to get rid of it quickly. I mean, those two plays, the kind of thing that maybe elevates a team, elevates a player, how much of what happened in that game, setting aside the next week, what happens in that game that carries over into 2020? Well, I think when you can win a playoff game, especially on the road, it does something for your confidence, for your team's belief. Um, certainly the next week against San Fran was tough, uh, and we saw that, hey, there's another mountain to climb here that we weren't ready to climb yet. Um, if anything, maybe that loss to San Fran is what galvanizes us going into OTAs and training camp knowing that we got some work to do. Yeah, we can't right. rest on any laurels. You know, we have we have a place to go that we proved when we weren't ready to go yet. So um, we'll take a lot from both. But there's certainly an encouragement winning a playoff game saying, hey, we, we can do this. I mean, that's exactly what happened to the Bears in 84. We talked about that a yeah. few weeks ago. Giants they got shut 85. out by the 49ers. Yeah. The Bears got shut out by the 49ers in the championship game in 84, and they became determined after that. This, yeah. is, this is the mountain that we have to yeah. climb, and they became the 85 Bears the next year. Yeah, and you always look back at other teams. When we were the sixth seed, I was looking, okay, what other six seeds have done this? And you thought of the 2010 Packers, right. you know, and the run they made. And so you're always kind of looking at what's the precedent for this? Who has done it in the past? And you kind of gain encouragement from that. So if we have the 85 Bear defense, we might have a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Yeah. Got, you I've might got, be able to get me a quarterback. <laughs> that happens. I've got real estate reserved on my left arm. We played it before you came Did you up. you hear this? Kirk Cousins, Super Bowl MVP, getting a tattoo. I don't know if you were aware wow. of that. He was yeah. going to get a tattoo. I wow. mean, I, I went full, you know, fledged Kirk Cousins. Was that unique to this past season? Or no, that I'm, kind of I'm willing to extend it. I'm willing to extend it for another it. year. It just could be fun to kind of follow yes. as we go here. Come on, big guy. Let's if do it. As if there weren't enough reasons to get to. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. I got the cake here. there. It's there. Yes, absolutely. If it happens, I will do it. And uh, you lost your mind when I told him about it, but I've uh, I told Kyle Rudolph about it during the season. He got a kick out of it. Oh so. dear God, dear God, dear God! Please let the Vikings <laughs> win the Super Bowl, please. What do you need to do tangibly? I mean, it, yeah. you know, get to work and and check the boxes. Yeah, but, yeah. but give me something. Russell Wilson talked earlier about what the Seahawks need to get to the next level. What, what mm -hmm. do you think the Vikings need to push through to the point where you're playing in this game? Well, it'd be key because there's so much turnover every year to whoever comes in new. You know, we got a new coordinator. We've got thankfully it's someone who's already been within our system so we're not starting over but uh, as we draft as new free agents come in as other players have to move on just making sure everybody gets on the same page as quickly as possible and that we build this thing through April May and June so that we're not still figuring it out in September and October like to some degree we may have been last year you know we can't afford to have that and right those 
two losses early, you end up looking back and you say, man, is that the difference between a six seed and a two, uh, two seed, seed or whatever yeah, right. it may be? So right. when you go on the road and get beat by San Fran, you start to realize the importance of a one or a two seed if you can get it. So just getting everybody on the same page. And then I'll always look at my game in a loss like San Francisco of what I can do better. And certainly I think, you know, playing off schedule and being able to make some plays when things aren't there is something I'm going to try to work on, you know, as we go through this offseason. Yep. All right. We're going to play a little game. Let's do it. Like, What's the game? Well, who said this? We're gonna. I want him to guess which one of us said this. Right. This quote. Let's right. do it. Do you have it? No, I got it. You do. Okay. This good. conflicts with everything I've said most of the year about Kirk Cousins, but I don't think the gap right now between Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes is as broad as people would think it is. Who said that? Me or Sims? I'm gonna guess Sims. Yeah, you would think, right? Logic, yeah. and I root yeah. for you, and it, but actually, crazy man here said it. I did hey, say it, and he, I believed he, it. Can you I believe that? it at the time. Can you believe that? I almost fell off my chair on real TV when he said it. I couldn't believe wow. it. But, you know, here's the thing, and I, and I paid very close attention to the things you said publicly about the criticism and the issues that came up after the Bears game. You did take that. You know, guys say all the time, oh, we don't listen to any of the noise. You took the noise, and you used that, I believe, to to motivate yourself to a higher level. And I mean, it carried you through the whole year. Is that is that an accurate assessment? The criticism and all the stuff after that Bears game became like the fuse for you that, that pushed you to what we saw. Yeah, what was interesting was uh, I don't go and read it, and yet it's impossible to avoid it because is. you're being asked about it at your press deal on Wednesday. Right. And so you understand there's something out there and, and, and all that. You can piece it together. Um, yeah, I do think in some ways, even going back to you like that game, that any time I've kind of been doubted and attacked, for whatever reason, I've played better. Don't really know why. I feel like I'm going about my business the same way, but the results would say that I've, I've played better. And um, who knows? Maybe it just helps me find that extra fire. I don't I don't really know. We well, asked Stefan yesterday an uh, important question because the narrative with the Vikings is if the run game's there, the pass game will be there. Sure. But if the run game's not there, sure. the pass game may not be there. How do you change that so you don't need to have – Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison ripping off those big gains to soften up the defense for the pass. Well, you know, sometimes it's truly how your offense and team is built too. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to that, then you're gonna commit to that. You know, I've played on teams that did not commit to the run, and we were very effective throwing the ball through for almost 5,000 yards in 2016. But at right. the same time, we weren't a, a running football team. Yeah. So some of it is, you know, what's your identity gonna be, and if that's what you're gonna lean on, it, you know, it needs to be there too. Right. Um. But you know, we'll we'll go back to this off season and, and work with Gary and the staff and look at how we can be more effective because there's going to come games where you're just not going to be able to run it. And that was kind of what Adam's comments were after week four was yeah. the gate, the day's going to come where you can't run it. Right. And, and, and what now? Right. And, uh, and I, I think that'll certainly be a challenge. We're going to try to answer, you know, as we go through this off season next year, your teammates love you. That was one of the coolest moments. I just want to say that <laughs> after you, the new Orleans saints, I mean, when you yeah. said you like that and you're all, I mean, it really, I think it gave us chills. I mean, we laughed about it all week. It was one of the great clips of the <laughs> year. I do want to ask you this. You played both of these teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Come on, give me a little scouting yeah. report. What jumps out to you about both teams? Well, what was interesting was when we played the Chiefs, Patrick was out and Frank Clark was out. Right. Uh, Chris Jones was the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> he had a big impact. Right. And then after we played them, because we felt like their defense statistically going into our game was not that dominant. Yeah. We felt like they were a very good defense when we played them, even without Frank Clark. Right. And then statistically the rest of the year, they, they were better. actually elite. So right. I'm not quite sure what happened, but we felt that elite defense was was – was more what we got than the one that had been going on the first half of right, the season. Right. Um, but not seeing Mahomes, you wonder how much did that change the feel of that game. And yep. then I uh, lost to him uh, late in the game. And then uh, Sam Fran certainly, you know, kind of beat the brakes off us, so you, especially in the second half. So um, you feel like both teams deserve to get there. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you usually do when you go through the playoffs and beat good teams. Um, that's what's going to make it so fun. But uh, one's going to be ground and pound, it would seem. The other one's going to be, you know, all kinds of plays yeah, in the air, and right. 
we'll see how it plays out. That D-line and Sam Fran, like, as yeah, advertised, yeah. was it the best you saw this year? Yeah, I think when you can rotate people in, it reminds me of the Eagles D-line when they won it all. Right. Um, you had five or six recognizable names of pass rushers so that they were rotating them in so that they're always fresh. And you're not asking the same guy to rush the passer with everything he's got over and over and over again. So I think their depth not only uh, uh, is, is great for having great players, but it enables them to be at their best more often yeah. because they're not fatigued. I, I got to ask you, we got to ask him about Shanahan. I mean, Shanahan thought he was going to bring you to the 49ers, I right? I mean, we know that. That's what he thought. You know, give us, give us your thought. What makes Kyle so awesome through Kirk Cousins' eyes? Well, it, it's – I remember my uh, rookie year, week one, we're at the Saints, and, and uh, we got a rookie quarterback, and I'm backing him up as a rookie quarterback. And we put up, I think it was 40-some points. Right. And we had a new number one receiver in Pierre Garcon, a new number two in Josh Morgan, a rookie running back in Alfred Morris. And they put up 40 points. Right. And I remember calling my dad after the game saying, wow. I mean, what Kyle Shanahan did as a game planner and play caller today was unbelievable. And so I knew early this guy's pretty special. Yeah. Um, it's not any one thing. You know, I think it's evolved through the years. You see the jet sweep motions more this year than you have in past years. But I just think he takes so much pride in it and grinds on it. Right. It's the most important thing in his life in a lot of ways yeah. that, that he studies it and knows what to call week in and week out. And uh, certainly gets that from his dad and, and – uh, uh, has done a phenomenal job, and not only in the play calling, but in talent evaluation in terms of who he's drafted and who he brings in in free agency. He's, he's on top of it. Yeah. Gardner, i got to tell you the story. Week one, we gather in the NBC viewing room for the games, season starting, and uh, somebody called out, hey, who's the Jaguars' backup quarterback? Silence. And so he said, Gardner Minshew. It's like, oh, yeah, Gardner Minshew, Washington State. He's on their roster. And then within 20 minutes later, you're, you're in the game. game. Yeah, you're right. in the game. Right. Hey, Gardner Didn't Minshew. Long. Yeah, if things happen fast in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. So, I like, honestly, I just moved into my apartment with two roommates uh, that Thursday uh, before that game. Like, I didn't know if I was making the team even. Like, And then, you know, 12 plays into the year, I'm playing. Uh, it's crazy, crazy how God works, but man, I was, you know, extremely excited for that. Starting quarterback in the NFL got roommates. It doesn't no sound doubt. right. It no doesn't doubt. sound right. I mean, what was what, what, the year? You took the league by storm for a period of time, and rightly so, man. You were fun to watch. I mean, you bring some charisma and everything to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What, like, what was some of the weirdest moments for the year? Because it seems like mm. a lot of people were coming to get interviews and things like that. Yeah, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things is I kind of got like a small taste of that at Washington State. Like, right. you know, it was that that kind of crazy just on a smaller scale. Yeah. So I think I was prepared pretty well for it. And, um, you know, I think Jacksonville is definitely my type of people, you know. so They are. It is a, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm, I'm digging the look again today. I mean, you're always styling. You know, I do I do what I can. Where did you get this from? Where did you come up with your style? I mean, where, where did it come from? Well, I got to tell you, everything I wear. Yeah is, like, stuff I've gotten for free somehow. Like, I've, I haven't bought clothes <laughs> since, like, high school. I'm not embarrassed to say that. You are so, a little. Your face just turned red a little. Yeah. So, I mean. Oops, sorry. That's the way to do yeah, it, though, man. Sorry. Free clothes is the way to go. Dude, you don't have to no think doubt, about it. You just man. put it in the closet. You pull it out. You put it on. And then by the time it wears out, you get more free stuff. Right. It's it's it's, it's easy. Easy system. What, ha what have you learned throughout the course of your rookie season that you wish you'd known the moment you walked out onto the field in that game against the Chiefs week one? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing just on the field was, like, the speed, like, not necessarily in the back end, but up front. Like, guys get on you quick. I'm they with strip you. that ball. Like, they can touch you from, like, over here. You know, so just that ball security, you know, kind of understanding that and getting that awareness. So I think by the end of the year, did a better job. 
But uh, just kind of understanding that. The hardest thing to get used to because you can play games in the Pac-12 where you might not play one NFL defense alignment, yeah. and all of a sudden you get in an NFL game, and you're like, whoa, these are all big and fast. Yeah. I, I had the same adjustment. I think it was the hardest thing. Absolutely. I want to have, like, you know, how, you know, a lot of people look at guys like you that come from the, you know, the Red Raider, Texas Tech-type offense, and they think you're not prepared for the NFL sometimes because that's not life in the NFL. Like, tell us, like, how did Mike Leach prepare you for the NFL? Yeah, so I think – it, you know, every offense in college prepares you in different ways for the NFL. Yeah. I think in the air raid, you, the playbook is much smaller. Right. But you have to be able to access everything at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. All the checks are on you. Right. You're always, like, finding fronts, looking the back end. Right. Trying to find advantages. So it puts you in a different mindset. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of guys are going up to the line of scrimmage, sit up. Look at the coach. Coach, yeah. what do I do? Should I do I run the play? Right. Yes. Okay, I'll run the play. Yeah, you know right. And it's not like that. So I think every offense kind of prepares you differently. Yeah. Why do you think it is the folks in Jacksonville have taken to you the way they have? Yeah, um, I think I got, like, just the right amount of, like, white trashiness to me, um, you know. So, I think, I, you know, I think I found my people. That's what they liked me in Tampa, too. Dude, no I doubt. That you know, too. Yeah. So, right. it, honestly, like, I love Jacksonville. Uh, love the people there. It's been a blast living there, um, you know, and. I think it's only going to get better, you know? Well, are your, are your jorts, uh, have you gotten those for about. free or are those homemade? <laughs> no, those were Goodwill homemade. So that's a, I lie, that's that's the last close-up. That's the Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah what's, the, what's the key to the perfect jort to you? I mean, what are you looking for? Because I'm not a jort so guy. They got to be, be a light wash. They have to, you know, you have to cut the inseam right. It can't be too long because that kind of looks weird. And then the, the key, though, is the cut, and then you have to get it frayed. You have to have the right amount of fray. Right. Because you're a square if you're just walking around with fresh cut jorts. Yeah. You know? yeah. And the pocket has to hang below the, the, the no, bottom line, if, right? If, if your you pocket, that's it's a little suspect if, oh, okay. uh, if your All pocket's right. out. Uh, <laughs> we had some uh, photos there of uh, Gardner with his with I, his I mean, you really look like you're like, you know, the lead singer for Creedence Clearwater or like yes, Led Zeppelin. I look like freaking Kenny Loggins right now. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you really Ridiculous. could. Have you ever swam in that Jacksonville pool up there? Have you ever gotten in there? In no, the I stadium? need to. Um, it looks like a blast. You know, there's been times like on hot games, I look up, man, it'd be pretty good to be up there right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, one day, one, one day, day maybe shot will let me. Before anything, I just want to say I'm sorry. Okay. And uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, that, that's it. <laughs> and I know I see him. You're sitting next to him. Those big ass hands of his, you know, you, he nice. always, he, he's always, he does it to me. And I'm like, hey, I'm getting old. Get your damn hands off me. And, you know, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, well, he does it to me all the time. Yes, he Over, does. Over, under, any given And I can tell you really eight. love it. Oh, I, it's great. It's great. Especially when he, when he digs his fingers into my leg. There's oh, that's the like worst. That. That's yeah. the worst. Talk about the game. I mean, a little bit. Just, you know, just like your overall thought. Well, I know you guys, I mean, it, it's two weeks. What else can you say about yeah, the game? Right. But, you know, I, I've listened to you guys. I do listen to y'all uh, every morning. I do. I might not make the 7 o'clock starting time. Yeah, maybe but the I, second showing at 9. Yeah, for sure then because right. I'm already usually working by then and looking at stuff, and I listen and watch you. See how you look and all that stuff and whatever. And some of the damn things <laughs> you well, the things you say. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But the game, can Kansas City make San Francisco throw the ball more than they want? And can the San Francisco 49ers dare the Kansas City Chiefs to run the football? Right. Can they dare them? Just yeah. Line up in the defense, go. Go ahead and run it. Right. And, you know, you know my lines about Andy Reid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead, give them. They're good. Well, go why, ahead. why does Andy Reid hate to run the ball on first down, Mike? 
Why? Because he hates second and nine. <laughs> and why do they run it on first down every once in a while? So those wide receivers can rest up before I send them down the field again. That's true. And it's that's him. So even if you dare him to run and it's there, he still might not do it because it, it, he's been that way his whole career. He's great at it. He has adjusted, which I've heard you talk about. We know that some teams have slowed him down, playing a certain style. It fits into San Francisco a little. Yep, yeah, it does. And I can't imagine the 49ers, even with their great pass rush, is going to just say, we're going to cover them. That's just not their style to try to – play them and we can cover these guys one-on-one. -on -one. I just don't no. see that. Right. That's one thing we've been talking about, Phil, the idea that the 49ers would just back off and go very deep and force Patrick Mahomes to be patient, whether it's a run or a short pass, and take away that that big explosive play that will lift the team that we see them do with the, deliver the dagger from time to time. It's just not going to be there. What's he going to do if it's not there? Yeah, well, he's got. they've done a better job of throwing it short over the, I'd say, the last maybe seven, eight, nine games, whatever. Yeah. And uh, But they don't want to. And it, it, it did work. That's what the Chargers did. They dropped back and dared them. And the 49ers are the perfect team to do this, Mike. Why? Because you could throw it in front of them. You watched that game against Green Bay. Green Bay had plays, and Minnesota too, that were – it was like the parting of the Red Sea. And there comes the receiver, the runner, and they get two yards because everybody is so fast up front. That Quan Alexander and that, that linebacking yeah, core, right. they Green cover Long. up a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, they do. Yes, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really – when I watched them this week, then I turned on a, a film yeah. to watch the championship game with the Tennessee Titans. I went, damn, the Titans look like they're running in slow motion. Yeah, the Chiefs, you meant. The Chiefs running. Or the, no, oh, you the mean, Titans yeah, defense. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because I was watching San Francisco's defense. Gotcha. And then I turned on the Titans defense to watch Kansas City's offense. And I said, they look, you know, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the speed, the difference was right away. It caught my eye. And the more I watched it, the more it stuck with me. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. There's been a lot of talk about how Kyle Shanahan coaches Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So, I mean, you with Bill Parcells. Yes. Super Bowl 21. What, what kind of stuff were you hearing from him in the run-up to the game? Uh, you know, Nice. Yeah, I know. He was he was good to me then. Uh, but, you know, I, I look at that. How many times did I throw the ball in our first playoff game and second one? Yeah, I mean. I mean, none. I threw it 14 times, I think, in the first game. And the championship game, I threw it very few, too. But, you know, we threw a lot of touchdowns, you too, did. It which was helped. touchdowns, right? Yeah, we threw a lot of balls down the field, whatever. Right. But the week going into the Super Bowl, Mike, we were kind of on a roll. And Bill was not as edgy. We practiced unbelievable. Uh, you know, our practices back then were real. I don't – like, we really hit – in fact, our Monday, we had fights. I mean, real fights. It was like out of – control because everybody was so jacked up. Right, right. But we were so precise in practice that on Friday of the before the first Super Bowl, he said to me after I threw a pass, he goes, okay, okay, whew, man, Sims, you're hot. Okay, no, let's uh, – and he basically stopped practice. Yeah. He goes, we're good. We're just wasting time now. And, uh, you know, Bill was an interesting guy. Hard during the week, but really positive as the game was coming around. Like, beat on you all week and right before the game, maybe on Saturday, he goes, I just want to tell you, man, you're doing a hell of a job. Right. Or something to make you feel good. Right. As I walked out of the locker room once in 1984, my career is on the line. His yeah. is too. Yeah. First game of the year. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. I'm walking out, and he says, say Sims. I go, 
Yes, coach. He goes, if you don't throw at least two interceptions, then you're not trying. You're not taking enough chances. I said, well, I can take care of those interceptions for you. <laughs> but you know, that was his way of trying to ease the tension, because he always preached, go for it, yeah. be aggressive, and then if you make the mistake, we'll pull it back and you know find a way to get it done. Right. Really, really. Yeah. He was a great psychologist, that's for sure. Yeah, it seemed that way. I mean, that's what I always get from him. He could play psychologist with anybody on the on the team. Well, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, too, yeah, you kind of brought it up. Like, what do you? What's your take? Is it fair the criticism Jimmy Garoppolo gets getting into the Super Bowl? Everybody questioning and doubting him right now. Well, let's look. That's just. Is it fair? That's just the way it is. Come on, you guys know it. I'll be shocked if they don't get him off to a good start. Right, that's, that's what I've been saying all Chris week. That's what Chris has been saying, yeah. yeah. Get they, some uh, short passes. You've you got to do it. you got to at least make the defense think and, you know, those kind of things. Right. And, and then just get them thinking a little bit, spread them out, whatever it is. And then, of course, when it's all said and done, they're always going to try to go back to the run game. Yeah, I know. You, you would think that, yes, Shanahan's aware of everything around it, too. He wants to get his guy off to a feeling good and everything like that. The, the only negative to that yeah, is? yeah. Steve Spagnola, I mean, yeah, he could be scary. Hell, he he doesn't have he doesn't say, oh, I'm gonna. He, you never know what he's gonna. Well, do. I worry about right. Tyron Matthew too. Reading what's coming, yeah. seeing what's coming, never being in the right place be. at the right, right time. And Jimmy Garoppolo throws that pass, and whoop, there's Tyron Matthew, and everything pops right there. How about that though? How about him, Tyron Matthew? What a comeback year! And when they signed him, I went, ooh, I don't know about that. He is, I have like crushed on him about the last you six have, weeks on showtime and everything just show. go oh my yeah. and then when to see him in person the energy that he has and the way he talks to everybody and i heard you say andy reed said he took over the locker room yeah, like right away right so I, the, 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 he's the guy they got the guy that was drafted out of lsu that played really well for the cardinals and then of course when he got hurt it took a couple years for him to get back to where he is and he's been terrific you know, I'm concerned that one of these two teams is going to deliver an early uppercut knockout, and it's going to not be the close, exciting game that we're hoping for. I think that's very possible. Yeah, I've said it. I've said that too. Uh, you know, this game could be 35-21. It could be 35-17. I don't think the Chiefs will be that team to get the knockout punch. If it's somebody's going to get it done early or get a spread where it's hard to overcome, right. I think that would be the 49ers would be my guess just because I just think the 49ers athletically are better, uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. Uh, but I, I just think physically the 49ers have a little edge over, over the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, well, let's, That's hard to say no, I know. with Patrick Mahomes and all Whoa, those receivers. That's so but, scary. I know. It's, it's crazy. But All right, so let's go. Let's hear it. Who's going to win the damn Super Bowl? I want to bid the pick. I want an MVP. We've had a bunch of guys today who yeah. have, have weaseled out of the question. Yeah. We know that you will not weasel out of it. Oh, no, I've already said it. I, I'm, I'm going to say San Francisco 34-21. to 21. Over oh, Kansas City. Wow. And I think Gee. the game will be close, but it'll get lost in the end or whatever. Yes, that's I I, I think it's possible. Right. So I'm taking San Francisco. I'm just going with the faster. Boy, it's hard to say that. I that know. They're faster, faster, more physical team. They are overall. They're just not at yeah. the wide receiver position. Yeah, the wide receiver position yeah. is the, the gold medal winning track team, which I've yeah. been saying for a while. So, but uh, yeah, so I'm not, no, I won't weasel out. I've been doing this every year. I always do it. And I had a terrible year picking games. I don't. How'd y'all do? Me too. Uh, he beat me. I didn't have I, a very I, good I, year I either. I mopped up the floor with him. <laughs> mopped up. I can the tie floor. him actually in just regular straight Doesn't picks matter. this week. People don't care about him. that. They care about the spread. Against the spread, it's too embarrassing to even. <laughs> I feel badly for him. But I will say I am truly been on a hot streak in the Super Bowls. Yeah. 
Big time. Okay. Last year, I said it on the air seconds before the kickoff. I like the Patriots. The score is going to be lower than everybody thinks, but I like them. And I basically said I like them. To co- they were favored yeah. to cover, yeah. too. Right, right. I, said, I didn't say cover, yeah. but I basically said that. Yeah, right, yes. right. All right. It's amazing how the world's changed. You can say cover now. Yeah, yeah exactly. it really is. And over and everything we're, else. We're, we're actually on Showtime. We pick games against uh, the spread every once in a while. Well, don't yeah, get input from that. him because he's no good at it. Yeah. Well, hell, hey, Mike, if I was good at it, I wouldn't be sitting That's here. Right. There you go. I mean, it's the hardest thing to bet on and to win at is pro football. Now, I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP frontrunner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Yes, sir. Big trust. I'm with you. One of the great moments of the 2019 season, or any season, whoa, whoa. it was magical. Big, it was what great. is what is big, what is big. that though? What is the signal? It's, you just, the, it's just the universal trust signal. That's the man. universal it's just trust the universal signal. Universal trust signal. We just kind of came up with it. You did, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, when did it start? Yeah. Man, Lamar, man, he just been saying trust, like you know, it's like kind of I'm with you, you know what I mean? And uh, I just put the kind of the big on it because we do everything big. So he'd be like trust, trust. I'd be like big trust, you know what I mean? And um. I said it in an interview, messing around. Me, Lamar, Matt Judon, we was all right there messing around. And um, it went viral, so it's crazy. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. Mark Ingram with us here, Ravens running back. And it was a strange year for you. All those seasons with the Saints, you jump into a new team, the great unknown. You don't know what it's going to be. You end up on one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, um, in free agency, you know, believing the Ravens wanted me. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be there. And, um you know, it ended up being a perfect match. Uh, they accepted me. They allowed me to be myself. The organization is first class from top to bottom. The guys in the locker room accepted me and embraced me with open arms. And um, I think we were just able to thrive together as a unit. Had a great group of guys, a great organization who was on one court. And um, we're looking to, you know, pick up right where we left off next year. Like, I mean, you guys took the, the league by storm. But, like, tell me, best way to describe playing with Lamar Jackson. Man, it's just a, he's just a special guy, man. Just... Uh, Obviously, the athletic ability, able to throw the ball, able to run the ball, the leadership. But uh, I think just the person he is, it just makes people gravitate towards him. Uh, the person he is, the the type of person he is, it makes you want to be the be at your best because you don't want to let him down. You want to make you want to be at your best so you can make his job as easy as possible. And I think um, everybody in our whole entire organization rally behind him, support him, and want to be the best we can so we can help him be successful and ultimately win a championship. And the season was so great, the regular season. But and, and you know, look, the thing about the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. When you look back on that, you rewind that, and I'm sure you've been thinking about like what 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 could have gone differently, what will go differently the next time. How do you carry from what happened against Tennessee so next time you guys punch through I and think, you're here? Yeah, I think you have to know that there's always in the game three to four to five plays that essentially, you know, determine the game, and you never know when those plays are going to be. So you have to be. Physically, execu- physically, mentally, emotionally, you have to be on point. You have to be executing every single play because you never know when those plays are going to arise. You know, we had a couple uh, a turnover here, uh, didn't get a couple fourth downs there that we didn't capitalize that Tennessee capitalized on. And, and you know, that kind of makes the game go upside down. Now you're playing a game that you're, you know, behind, doing some things you don't want to do. Then essentially you run out of time. So um, you just have to have that focus, um, that toughness, that ability to execute in high-pressure situations. So... You don't have the mistakes, but you're capitalizing on other teams' mistakes. 
there was like all that talk about whether you should play week 17 and all that. And I, I don't hate like like to be this guy, but like, do you think that affected you? Are, you? But, but I'm I being that guy. I'm generally. I hate to bother you, but I'm. You know. I've never been a. I've never. You know. I, I just never been in that situation. Yeah. So I, I am like. Do, do you think that affected you guys? No, I don't think it affected us. Right. Um, I think you know you could point out a couple of plays. Like I said, we had yeah. we're driving the ball. Our defense gets a three and out. We're right. driving the ball. If Mark Andrews doesn't have a high ankle sprain, maybe he, he jumps can jump a little up bit and higher, get it. right? And right. they don't get the interception that goes, and then they score a touchdown. Right. And you know maybe if we get our fourth down, they don't take our defense up top the next play and score 14-0. We fight back to 14-6. We're driving the ball. Yeah. And we Go don't get fourth down again. One. Right. And then three plays later, Derek breaks the big run. Now you're down 21 to six. That quick. Yeah. With, with a couple mistakes. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I think it's just that important to be on point and not have those mistakes because essentially they hurt you, especially if you make them and the other team capitalizes on them like Tennessee did in that game. Yeah. Is it, is it tough being here when you, like, look up and see 49ers and Chiefs and you think we're better than both these teams? Man, yeah, it does hurt. And we do feel like we're the best team in the NFL. But in our league, you have one-game elimination. So if you're not at your best – when you have one game elimination, you get sent home. And it's simple as that. So we're sitting here. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. We're going to watch somebody ho ho hold up this Lombardi trophy. And that's going to hurt. That's going to sting. But we got to use that as fuel and motivation to get back in the lab, stay grinding, and be better next year. Give us the, the – you played both of them. Give us the scouting report on the team. Like, what jumps out to you about the Chiefs and the Niners? Listen, the Chiefs, you have a high-powered offense, an elite quarterback who – creates things when there's nothing there. You have these speedy receivers that can run routes, catch the ball, be explosive. You have good backs, Damian Williams, Sean McCoy. So you have a high-powered offense against their defense, who front four is tremendous. They eat, the linebackers, the, the secondary, they all play well as a unit. Um, they're physical, they get after it. Then you have the 49ers offense, smash mouth, hard nose, run it at you, play action you with Kittle, play action you, Give Debo Samuel all kinds of sweeps. They right. got Emmanuel Sanders, so they have elite weapons passing the ball, although they've been running it. They only yeah. threw it eight times yeah. last week. And then you have the Chiefs defense, which they've been playing a lot better as of lately. They have. And, um, you know, so I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a great game. But, um, you know, I think Pat Mahomes is going to kind of do his thing. You think he's going to overcome points. it? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just been kind of doing it. I know, he's I know. He's just been kind of doing it somehow. Yeah. So, but like I said, the 49ers have a strong defense, so I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. Is that the best defense you played this year, you think, the 49ers? It was a weird game because you were in a, Wet, the run, yeah, the rain. Kinda, yeah, yeah. kind of rain, right. but it was a physical, tough game. It and, was. And you could feel it like this definitely could be a rematch. In the, in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl, right. And yeah, we felt that. Yeah. But, um, so, I... I I, hey, the Niners tough, man. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be a real good game. Rolling along through Super Bowl week in Miami. Joining us now on Radio Row, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon. Melvin, welcome. How are you? Good, man. Great, actually. Chargers running back for now. <laughs> yeah. Free agency looming. Yes, it is. What do you think is going to happen when March rolls around? Uh, Hopefully I'm here. Hopefully I don't have to wait till March uh, to know where I'm going to be playing. You want to get something worked out to stay with the Chargers? I do. I do. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of guys that I'm close to um, that I, I, I would love to be next to them um, holding that Lombardi trophy. Um, so hopefully it's, it's here in L.A. Who's the quarterback going to be of the Chargers hopefully in L.A.? Still, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy, man. You know, as I learned last year, um, you know, it's, it's a crazy business. Well, and what is the biggest specific lesson you learned from 
what happened with you with the holdout, with how that all turned out? What's the takeaway that you can use to carry forward in your career? Uh, that, that you can't, um, you know, when it comes to business, uh, you have to take your emotions out of it. Uh, you know, you, it, it's not about, um, you know, them feeling, you know, if, you know, you deserve to be here or not. Um, you know, I've talked to Tom plenty of times. And, you know, he tells me, you know, you deserve to get paid. Um, it's just sometimes it just might not be the right situation, either financially or just with, with, with other guys they have to pay or just it, it, it could be something, you know. But, you know, I just had to understand that you, you have to take your emotions out um, of business. And, you know, you got to apply that to football <laughs> and to life after, obviously. How much do you think that the position you play affects how you are valued as a football player? Because it seems like running backs, for whatever reason, and maybe that's about to change, but oh, it, it seems like running backs don't get the, the respect, the piece of the salary cap yeah. pie that maybe they deserve. Uh, yeah, um, you know, we, we, we don't get the respect, but uh, it's a lot of backs out there um, that, that's, that's changing that narrative. Um, <coughs> A, a lot, a lot of backs that are changing that. So, you know, people can say that now, um, but I can promise you within the next couple of years, um, it'll be a different story. Who are the backs that you think are helping change the narrative? Um, obviously, you know, Zeke helped um, a tremendous amount. Obviously, the guys with the big contracts before uh, Zeke, um, you know, me, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, um, Saquon, uh, you know, and, and it's going to be even more guys that, that, that you know, help up that market. Um, so, you know, we all keep continuing to do what we do. Um, you know, you got you to gotta, you, you gotta respect us and bring up that number. Who's the guy in the Chiefs defense that you would tell a 49ers player to look out for? Tyron Matthew. Why? Just a ball hawk, dog. Um, I like Frank Clark, too. Um, me and him kind of got into it when we played in Mexico a little bit. Um, just football, though. What happened? What happened? Uh, just, you know, he just called me soft. And, you know, he just, you know, some guys just talk that talk. You know, you know what I mean? And we were just kind of going back at it, um, going after it. And, you know, some guys kind of talk to get under your skin or whatever. And, uh, you know, it kind of fired me up a little bit. But uh, Tyran Matthew, he don't really say too much. Well, not to me, at least. Um... But he's definitely a guy that you have to account for. He's going to make plays. Uh, he's going to make you look bad. And he's a game changer, man. Um, that's definitely a guy you got to look out for. When you see and hear Phillip Rivers talking, does that make you more inclined to talk? Or do you just kind of like, ah, let, let Phillip do his it. thing? I let, I let Phil handle it, you know. And, and, and But just don't put your hands on him. You know, it's kind of how I feel. Um, you say what you want to say. He say what he want to say. But, you know, just don't, don't be extra with him. You know, don't put your hands on him, um, and we're going to be all right. I mean, he's moved out of California, and there's been talk that the Chargers are moving on from him. It, and there's so many different ways all these teams can go that need quarterbacks, that are looking at quarterbacks. So many free agents. Let's talk about Tom Brady yeah. playing for the Chargers. Hypothetical. If you re-sign with the Chargers before free agency, and then you pick up your phone and you see Tom Brady's joined the Chargers, what's your reaction going to be? Um, our reaction would be, man, um... Well, it'd be let's go, but I, you know, I first think, uh, you know, I wonder how Phil feels. Yeah. You know, uh, same type of quarterback. You would think if, you know, we bring in a quarterback, it'd be a guy that's maybe more mobile or something like that, or just a younger guy in general. 
Um, I don't, I, you know, I'm not against bringing Brady in. You know, I, I definitely want to state that. Um, you know, James White is one of my close friends, and he said nothing but great things about Brady, obviously. Um, and that's just inside locker room talk. Um, but, you know, they're around the same age. I, I just I wouldn't understand that move, yeah. honestly. Um, same style of quarterback. Yeah, Pocket style. passer. Just, yeah. Right. And we've seen so many great it. young mobile quarterbacks come into the league. I feel like the teams that don't have a young mobile guy have to be thinking at some level, let's go get let's go a get young, young mobile guy because exactly. it's obvious they can play. It's the trend right yeah. now. You know, a guy that can kind of move out the pocket, escape a little bit. Um, but you still got your pocket pocket passer guys that, you know, that still dominate the game. Yeah. Um, finally moving out of that soccer stadium. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. What, what, uh, give, give me the idea of what it's like when you come out of the tunnel and there's nobody there. Or uh, and the people who are there are all wearing the colors of the yeah, other team. It's not, it's not the greatest. Um, you know, we haven't had been able to get our names called out um, as players, offensively or defensively since we moved to that stadium. And, you know, that's kind of what guys enjoy. Um, our families enjoy that. You know, it's getting our names called out. Um, it's just a great feeling, man. You really feel like you're part of the NFL. Um, it's just a rush that goes through you, you know. You, you wouldn't be able to understand unless it's happened to you. Um, but it's like a little rush, and we, we don't get that there. And, uh, you know, at this new stadium, you know, we, 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 you know, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll at least get player intros. What do you think the team needs to do to better connect with L.A.? Because I feel like the Rams had the head start. The Rams have had higher level of success. They got the history in L.A. They were there all those years before they moved to St. Louis. What, what, what do the Chargers need to do to really connect with that fan base? Um, I think we need to get to that stadium. Um, you know, get closer out there. Uh, you know, we're playing Carson, which isn't L.A., uh, I feel personally, um, we need to get out there so people, the people of LA, can actually come support us. You know, it's just crazy the amount of people that come to the Rams game, and it's because it's actually in LA. Um, you know, they 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 got that upper hand. It'd have been nice if we were able to play in UCLA or something like that, um, somewhere out there. You know, but uh, you know, it's in the past now. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be out in Inglewood. Um, so people can come support us. Celebrities can come support us. Um, you know, and we have another winning season. Um, I, I guarantee you uh, everything will be different. I, I, I almost feel like you guys have been better on the road the past couple of years because you never truly have a home game. So yeah. when you have to go play in somebody else's stadium, it's no big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously that. I think that plays a part, but... Um, you know, I don't think we was losing at home because, uh, you know, you know, because of the fans or anything like that. Because if you ask any player when you're out there, you really don't notice the fans anyways. It's just kind of the start of the game. And, uh, you know, when you actually like on the sideline, you're looking around, you're like, what is going on here? Like that that's the only time where you really notice when you're out there, you just playing football. So I can't say wins or losses are, you know, determined on the fan base. Um, but it is good to know that you got that support out there, especially on them third downs. You know the Chiefs well. You guys played the 49ers in 2018. Who do you think has the edge in the game Sunday? I'm going with the Chiefs, keeping it in the AFC. Me personally, I just think they're just too high-powered uh, of an offense. And you like to say, well, it might be a, you know, we think the offense is going to run the ball. They're gonna, it's going to be this exciting game. 
And then usually when people say that, it's really a slow game. It's, the game is really not what you think it to be. It's usually boring. I don't think that's the case this year. I think it's going to be exactly what people expect, um, at least from the Chiefs' perspective. They're going to score points. That's what they do. That's their identity. That's who they are. Um, you know, I think it's going to be on Jimmy, you know, the man Jimmy to 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 go pound for pound with those. And boys. and and that's what's so fascinating about this, Melvin, because. At some point in the second half of the divisional game against the Vikings, they just stopped throwing the football. Yeah. And they didn't have to throw it at all against the Packers. Eight passes, 42 runs. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if he has to flip the switch during the Super Bowl. If they can't run the ball, will he be able to do it? And that's the biggest question. But I feel he will. It's the Super Bowl. You have to. You know, they're paying you all that, that, that money to do that, to be in this situation and uh, to, to, to perform. Uh, you know, that's why he's getting paid the money that he's... And I think he has the ability to do so. Um, I just think if it comes down to it, uh, winning the game in Patrick Mahomes' possession, I think he takes it. Yeah, I agree with you. He's playing at a level now higher than anybody else. Yeah. He's delivered against the Texans down Home 24, boy. Titans down 10, and just keeps going. All right, so just to summarize... You want to stay with the Chargers? Yes, sir. You want to get it worked out before free agency? Yes, sir. You want Philip to come back? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we'll see how it all plays <laughs> out. We know we're getting a new stadium. That we, we hope do you'll know. be on the team. That we do know. All right. <laughs> hey, he's Melvin Gordon, and we'll be back with more PFT Live from Miami right after this. Joining us now, I got and everybody else who comes has some product to sell. Our next yeah. guest has selling one thing himself. Yes. Chris <laughs> Harris Jr., soon to be free agent. Check him out, Chris. Great seeing yeah. you, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm excited, man. Yeah, you got some great things coming with free agency. You did the restructure on the deal to allow yourself to hit the market this year. And what's your, what's your mindset? You've been yeah. with the Broncos for nine seasons. You're entering into this potential great unknown. Yeah. Anywhere in the league you could possibly go. What What are you thinking as yeah. that approaches? Um, I'm kind of just uh, excited about the situation, man. Uh, I've never been in this opportunity playing nine years for one team. Um, be able to just go out there and kind of see what people think about you and how they want to use you and if they want you, you know? So uh, it's an exciting new uh, venture, and uh, I can't wait. I saw some things you had said late in the season about how they use you, that that's going to be almost yeah. as important to you as how much they want to pay you, that you want to yeah. be used in a defense where you can play to your strengths. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just um, I play everywhere on the field, so uh, I don't want to be a guy that's just set in stone at one position, you know what I mean? I play outside, inside, safety. Uh, corner. So I want to be a guy that's be impactful anywhere on the field where they want to use me. How hard will it be for you to leave Denver if that's what it comes yeah. to? Man, it definitely be hard. I mean, that's my first first team. Um, they uh, when I came out the, when I came out of college, I went undrafted. So they're the only team that wanted me at that time. So uh, it definitely definitely hurt. And there's been a lot of changes, coaches and coaching staffs, and you've been there through all the highs and yeah. lows and ups and downs. Uh, other than the Super Bowl win, what's the biggest thing that yeah. stands out for you from your time so far in Denver? Man, I, I would say my, my, the biggest thing that helped me was just playing with guys like Champ Bailey, playing with Brian Dawkins, uh, just being able to gain that knowledge of the game and um, how to prepare and get your body ready for a 16-game season and things like that. So those, those guys have been huge uh, for my career. And uh, other than winning the Super Bowl, man, I, that's something I can really take away. And, you know, when it comes to free agency – Sometimes players are reluctant to say what 
they're really thinking, and we try to draw it out of them, the idea that it's time to get paid, and everybody yeah. else is getting paid, and the owners are making billions every year, and so let's go somewhere where the money is going to be the best it can be because this is yeah. my shot. This is my opportunity. This is how I'm going to take care of my family. I feel like players are starting to realize it's okay yeah. to say, hey, I want to get paid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, that's new now. I mean, guys are. I mean, it's straight up, guys want to get paid. That's what it is. And uh, um, the way the system is, it's getting better for the players, you know. And um, now we're going through the CBA process. And, uh, and it should that should be even better, too. So um, guys can speak out. They can say what they want now, really. And, um, and they have a voice as long as it's in the right way for them and their brand and be able to uh, build themselves up. You know, talk about the CBA. On one hand, there are a lot of players that don't want to mess with 17 regular season games. But on the other hand, the union's been negotiating with the league based on 17 games. It's kind of like if the price is right, we'll do it. But there's still guys that don't want to do it. What, yeah. What's your personal preference on how many yeah. games to play? I think uh, me, body-wise, I think I could do another game. I think I can. So um, uh, I don't have an issue with playing another game. Uh, um, but uh, I think the, the money-wise, I think that's the issue right now is – how, how are we going to get paid guys are that are in, in a contract now? How are they going to get paid for that extra game? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, say, I think that's a conflict right now. Because um, it can't just be one more game check. To yeah. throw on that extra game, the money's got to be significantly yeah. better for that extra game. Yeah, it has to be better and because we're giving the owner something. You know what I'm saying? So it has to be a give-and-take situation. And uh, So I don't think it's close yet. I think we still got some ways to go. But... Uh, the 17-game can happen, though. I mean, I think it's something that is definitely a high possibility. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, who played with you in Denver, he played 17 games this year after the trade to San Francisco, and he said, I don't want 17 games. Yeah. I'm not messing with 17 games. You keep in touch with him at all? Oh, yeah, man. That's, my, that's one of my good friends in the NFL, and uh, uh, I'm excited to see what he does in this game. Are you pulling for the 49ers because of him? Oh, yeah, definitely. Him and uh, – And I you got... don't like the Chiefs. You can't like the oh, Chiefs. Nah, that's, that's a rival, and uh, – I got, some, I got a lot of good friends on, uh, on the uh, 49ers. Of course, you could be playing for the Chiefs next year. You never know how it's going to play out, right? Maybe they make the phone ring in March hey, and uh, the Niners. make you an offer know, you can't man. refuse. Hey, but I, I mean, both these teams, I think, uh, definitely can see a future with both of these teams. And uh, so it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's, uh, it's going to be – never know who's going to come out. How are the 49ers going to slow down that passing game with Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Demarcus Robinson, yeah. Mecole Hardman? What advice would you give to the 49ers defensive backs based upon trying to control those guys? Yeah. I would say send them send their D-line. They got something that not a lot of teams have, and that's you got two dominant D-line rushers in the middle, two on the outside. And if I'm, uh, <coughs> if I'm, if I'm coaching up the Niners – you gotta, you gotta send them, man. Bosa, 91, Armstead. You gotta, you gotta bring those guys and um, make them, make Mahomes feel that pressure. And um, that's how, that's the only way I, I can see them guys stopping. And Casey's gonna get their yardage, man. They're 80, 20 to 20. That's what I'm telling my guys. We gotta, they're gonna get their yardage, but in that red zone, we gotta stop them. Now with Mahomes, what, what, what's the key to, to getting him yeah. uh, to the ground? Right, getting him before he just yeah. zips the ball out. Like, because he'll be running full speed one direction, yeah. throw it the other way before you even realize he's going to throw it. What's going to be the key for that front four to get to him before somebody's wide open? They can't go out there and do their own thing. When you're rushing Mahomes, um, you have, they have to study how he escapes the pocket, how he breaks out of pass rush, where he likes to scramble, how he likes to throw off he scramble. You know what I mean? So uh, they have to work together as a team to be able to cage him, to box him in, and uh, be able to 
to not let him get out the pocket because what people don't understand is Mahomes is better out the pocket. He can make a lot of things happen, and he can throw it still 70 yards on, on the run, any angle. So um, my best bet is to keep him in that pocket. Now, you've studied the film on him. From my perspective, it seems like he never does the same thing twice. Have you noticed patterns yeah. and trends in how he decides to make that move out of the pocket and where he goes and what he does? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely patterns. Um, he loves to scramble off that left shoulder. Um, coming back this way or being able to spin around that way. So, uh, yeah, you got to know that as a defense uh, going to, a defensive line going into the game, but but can you stop it? I mean, we know, you kind of know how he's going to scramble, but guys have not been able to get him down. And he's still been able to scramble. Yeah, it's got to be impossible to prepare to face him because I don't care who your scout team quarterback is, he's yeah. never going to be able to move like that. Yeah, he's not, well, it's not, he, he doesn't have like the elite speed as a quarterback, but he can still run. He's fast enough <laughs> to get away from the D-line. So what Mahomes is, do not let him get out that pocket. Do not let him be able to throw on the run. And then you got a chance. And, and it, it is amazing to me because he's not Lamar Jackson, but there's something that happens yeah. on the field in the game with pads on and the ball in his hand where he elevates to a higher level than what you would yeah. expect him to be able to do. Just like that touchdown run against the Titans, a bunch of guys standing around, and he's just going right through him, and he's in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, he's just that dynamic, man. It's, I'm, I haven't seen anything like him. Um, the way he can just throw and on the run, like I say, he just makes things happen. And uh, he has that confidence for their team. And that's why they play like that, man. They got all the confidence in Mahomes. They believe he's the best. And he's playing like that. How important will it be for you, Chris, to get another Super Bowl ring? I mean, or are you like, hey, I've got my ring. I can check that box. Now it's about yeah. getting the best possible compensation, the best possible spot for me where I can use my talents the right way and finish my career the right way. I would, I would say the second part, uh, that's my main thing I'm focusing on. Um, if I can go to a contender and be able to be that missing piece to get him over that hump, I mean, that's something I'd definitely love to do too. But um, really just finding a great situation for me and um, being able to go out there and do what I do and uh, make plays. You feel like you've never gotten the respect you deserve for what you do? Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Like, because you're not a big corner. You, there's, yeah. no, there's no box that you fit into, so people yeah. just don't recognize how good you are? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I truly believe they don't understand all the things that I do on the field. and. Uh, and what I've done uh, in my career. And I feel like I'm the best in the slot that's ever done it, um, be able to, to take away the whole inside. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back there next year. Well, and we're looking forward to seeing it. And we, we know how great you are. And we wish you all the best, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. And uh, maybe next year at this time, you won't be available to come talk to me. You'll be oh, yeah. at the hotel yes, getting ready sir. for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, yeah. Florida. All right, Chris, all the best to you. So, like, come on, what the hell happened? You know you guys were, like, one of the teams we talked about all year. I mean, everybody's got this view of you guys from the outside and everything, and there was a lot of crap that went on during the year. Like, what was your assessment of how everything went down in 2019? Um, you know, it was tough. I think just the talent we have, you know, that everybody recognized that we yeah. had. Um, and, and knowing how close we were to actually getting over the hump, and we just never quite got there. Right. You know, uh, communication was off, you know, and, and a lot of times I think in this game, you know, week in and week out, that's one of the key things that stays the same. Communication has to be great, you know, and we didn't have that each and every week. But what are you referring to when you say communication? Just communication where, you know, from, from, from plays to, you know, from receiver to quarterback or, you know, whatever, whatever. Coach to quarterback. Yeah, coach to quarterback. There seemed you know, to be a lot of 
it's a lot of elements. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of elements. It's different than you know. I, I guess you would say basketball or, or, or these other sports. You know, football. You know, every guy has to be on the same page. Do you think that the expectations were just out of control? That, that was one of the things I saw coming last year. Like. The bar's too high. Mm -hmm. Everyone's too fired up about what this Browns team can be. I mean, let's walk before we sprint. And, and I feel like that got out of control, and it kind of contributed to the, the extra stress and the anxiety when it didn't start off the way it was supposed yeah. to. Well, I mean, I think credit to, to, to Coach Freddie, you know, you know, he did an amazing job of making sure we didn't buy into any of that, that we didn't listen to it, that we ignored the noise. And, you know, he, he, he explained to us how in the beginning of the season how the only people that really care about us, the only people that – um, know what we go through are the people that's in this building, you know, and everybody can give their expectations, their predictions of how good we're supposed to be and this and that, but that doesn't matter. You know, what matters is about the guys that's in this building, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, I, I tip my hat to him for because I think we did a great job of not buying into, you know, and that's Odell Beckham right there. Yeah, right? The, cr you the, know, the crap, yeah, the outside noise. We didn't buy noise. into that. You know, we, we, we really tried to become a team, um, but we just we just couldn't do it. You and Odell back together. I mean, that's your buddy. I mean, I know he's told me, you know, when I've interviewed him, yeah. he was just so excited to be with you. I think the feeling's mutual on your side. Absolutely. You know, what was the year like? And then also, like, what do you guys talk about going into 2020 that you want to change? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was tough. Again, you know, we both hurt. We both injured. He just finished having his, his procedure done, and um, he's getting healthy now. Um, and for us, it's just – Understanding, looking back, reflecting on the past season, and then understanding what we could do to get better um, individually first, and then you know as a team, and how right. do we bring it together as a team? Right. You know, and, and again, you know, it's never going to be easy. You know, it's never going to be easy, and we understand that. But you know, it's up to us to be able to make the plays and and lead these lead these guys. Would, would you tell o Odell to come to OTAs this year? Um, you know, I. I mean, you you, pro you probably can say that, but I I wouldn't say that. You know, I think you know Odell has a a, a great plan for it, for his body and. Um, yeah, I know he's not sitting on the at home yeah, on the couch. Yeah. He's working out. Yeah, doing but that. I get what you're saying. How yeah. it, it misses, you know, the the reps. You right. Know, he misses the right. reps. He misses the opportunity. He misses the, the community. The little, the small little nuances. Yeah. Right. Um. But I think. You know, you add in training camp, you add in the offseason, both, the, both of these guys live in L.A. together, um, you know, they're training together, you know, and you add in training camp. I think there's still with time in there to be able to establish, um, you know, that, that level of comfort, you know, which I think is going to be there this year. What do people not understand about Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, I think there's some people that love him. Some think, oh, man, he talks too much. Yeah. Like, what's, what do you think the assessment is of him in the locker room? Uh, he's a leader. You know, he's one of the first guys in the, in the building, uh, one of the last guys to leave. And, you know, I know that's important to me to see that from a quarterback, you know, to see, um, you know, the guy who's going to get the most criticism no matter what, win, lose, draw, you know, he's going to get the most criticism, you know, and that's kind of been my message to him. You know, it all starts with you. You know, whatever you want in this building, that's what – that's yeah, what has it can to happen. happen, right? That's what has to happen, right. you know, and, um, you know, just continuing to support him. He's still young in his career, you know, he's still growing in the position. Obviously, he's played it for a while, but, you know, it, it's, it's the NFL, too, you know, yeah, and we got to do a better job as receivers and as a team, you know, making sure that we can help him out, too. Right. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.